We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Big game, whether it's a Euro Cup, World Cup, it's a lot of Champions big games. League. That's what happens when you run the best in the world. Let's go. Talk your shit, bro. Yeah, even though I have the worst take because I'm all Liverpool on Saturday. But, uh, you know, yeah. Liverpool. So yeah. how are you going to feel about this? I mean, they did it in 2018. Mm-hmm. Although Liverpool had day on lover at the time, so it was like multiple creations playing. But uh, I think I'm just going to enjoy the spectacle of it because I do think this is the most anticipate Champions League final in a while. Hmm. Let's see. I can't think of the last Champions League final that was this anticipated. I have been telling a lot of people, I've been telling the guys too, because we're going up to Connecticut mm-hmm. to Danny's house. So we're we're going to be there Saturday. I was like, this is a good game for you to watch. If you are a soccer fan when there's a major tournament, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, a lot, pretty much all my friends watch all the World Cup games because it's one of those things where everyone gets behind it. This game on Saturday is on that level mm-hmm. of if you are a sports fan, if you're a casual soccer fan, mm-hmm. you know all the diehards are going to be watching it. Yeah. This is going to be a banger of a game. Right. And I really think so. And to answer your question about the, the, the magnitude of it and, and to like, popular it's two popular teams i also feel like the last couple champions leagues you had two english teams last year yeah and chelsea was in kind of flux two goals there for maybe three months right psg Bayern, there just no build-up yeah. well there was it was yeah. also the covid year there's yeah, no one so. in attendance the year before that one was liverpool spurs which, which is, is a dud. It was a dud, but it was also again two british teams yeah. and it was unfortunate that the way the season sh- finished out it was the Premier League ended. I don't know. They ended really early that year. It was three weeks before their yeah, and it was just they looked sluggish, and it was a pretty mad game. Minus the Origi second goal, which was definitely a memorable moment. But besides that, I think the last one I really enjoyed was probably Liverpool Madrid in mm-hmm. twenty eighteen, and boy, the things have changed. Yeah, man, Liverpool has been on fire, but Real Madrid has been playing really well too. They wrapped up La Liga very early. Liverpool came down to the last game, last couple of minutes. Too. That would have been poetic, oh, right? Man. Coutinho and St- Gerard. Stevie G's got a few months. No words can be said about him. Sorry, it's just I, I'm not even talking like a diehard fan because I do. I have connection with Liverpool, but I would never claim to be like a diehard supporter. But to blow that lead at that time after pretty much con- not controlling the game, but everything was looking well organized. It's just when you're that close, it's going to hard to forgive. And it's fitting that Villa have signed like two big time players abroad in the past five days so it's like feeling like their defense has been sketchy all season now they made two signings and it's thursday when the season ended sunday so yeah liberal fans have every right to be bitter about steven Gerrard at the moment what's your uh expectations for this game how do you feel about it? i know you said that it's it's two teams that are the right two teams in it you would say i don't think the two right teams are in it i think if you want the best team city absolutely should be city mm-hmm. pretty much completely outplayed madrid but madrid absolutely deserved to be here but you know they 
looking at PSG, Chelsea, City, they could have lost all three of those games. And you yeah. could, and you could argue they were outplayed in definitely against City, majority of against PSG and a good chunk of Chelsea. Like it's a majority team, they're a roller coaster ride, but you know, they, you want to talk about that DNA, like this is their tournament and it's been that way for several years. Yeah, dude, if they happen to win on Saturday, it would be 14. Mm-hmm. And it's six more than second place. Like, this is... The Champions League is basically Real Madrid. Right. And to have them back... Because, you know, they lose Ronaldo. And then it was kind of weird. Like, the Real Madrid hype wasn't the same. And I know it's been a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. But Vinicius stepping in. And I feel like he might be my favorite player in the world right now. Just the way he just blazes through defenders. Yeah. Like, he got that Brazilian swag to him, too. And just the way he creates and sets up people, too. He's so dynamic. And... I feel like him and Benzema have just been on fire together. He's one of those players, Vinicius, when he gets the ball, you get that excitement. You mm-hmm. get that anticipation where he he's dribbling. It's like, okay, something magical could happen. So I think, yeah, he's just going to get to you, build himself up. But I just, I wonder how much of them not getting in Bobby is going to affect him because that's been a, a cloud over this game. Like Even though the buildup has been, has been much above because, like, they just finished, but it's just, ah, oh man, this was like a two-year plan for them to get Mbappe, and the fact that it collapsed, I wonder how much it, I don't think it's going to affect the players, but I think the club itself, it, it definitely is lingering over them, because now it's just like, they got to look in the back of their mind, like, okay, we, we still have to invest in the future, because even though Madrid, I think they have a really good crop building up. They got some old heads on the team. Yeah, and I st- they still, like, as great as Benzema is, I still feel like they could use one more star, and I think they're that might be exposed come Saturday because they're facing a team that has a ridiculous amount of firepower. Yeah, I mean, even their bench, too. They bring these guys off the bench, mm-hmm. and it's just like nothing. They go five deep. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. I'm excited for Salah. He asked for Real Madrid mm-hmm. when they had asked him after the semis prior to that game. He's like, you know, I, I didn't get to play in that game. What did he play, like 25, 30 yeah, minutes he when got, he got hurt against yeah. Ramos? Um how would you describe the Champions League to someone that doesn't know about it? Uh, for the most part, the best clubs are in it across Europe. Maybe you, an English team or Italian team might miss up, but most part, you're getting the best quality. Mm. 32 teams. You might have a couple of surprises that have earned their way. Like this year, we had a team from, or Champions League had uh, from, oh, wow, what was it? What was this country? It was such a random country, too. Moldova, there we go. There's a country literally from Moldova. A club made it. They were called Sheriff. And they actually beat Real Madrid, which is hilarious looking back on. But the weird is they're from Moldova, but they're owned by like Moldovan millionaires. And they only have like two Moldovan players. Other than that, it's like scattershot with Cyprians. Yeah. I think it might be a Greek or two, a Lex- player from Luxembourg. There's a Greek playing in Liverpool, Oh, and though. he is absolutely beloved after the FA Cup final. Oh, Kostas, yeah. yeah. people love to call him. Um, but... Yeah, I think the Champions League, it's just, it's like one of the biggest spectacles in terms of like the best European teams are in it. Mm. And you have your four English teams, you have your four Italian teams, four Spanish, four German, only three French, which the French have gone down a little bit because I think we've seen the rise of the Portuguese League come up recently, especially when you look at the success of Porto in the past few years and then Benfica this year. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's usually at a neutral site. The... The original venue was supposed to be in Russia. They moved it because of all the stuff happening in the Ukraine and in Russia over there. It's going to be played in Paris. Um, this is the sixth time that these two teams are going to play each other. Um, yeah, but they played last year. It was on their radar. They played in the quarterfinals last year. Madrid handled them, but that was a Liverpool team that was pretty decimated. Because they never quite recovered after Van Dyke was out for the year. And also, this is Liverpool has won the Champions League six times, mm-hmm. most recently in 2019. They've been to the final 10 times. Mm-hmm. For a team that, like, you know, hasn't won a Premier League. Right? Well, they, they did two years ago. Two but years besi- ago. Yeah. Besides that, but, though, they've never sorry, won. Sorry, what I wanted to say was uh, I worded that terribly. Yeah. For the longest time, it's yeah. like they never won their, like, right. with Gerard and those yeah, guys yeah. and, like, uh, Michael Owen too, yeah. like early on, it was like the knock on them was like they would they would have European success, but then in the Premier League they were never winning. Right, and this is going to be their tenth time in the final. They've won it six times. Real Madrid has won it thirteen times. The record. It's going to be their seventeenth time. Mm-hmm. 
some shit can't be written. Like no. it, it feels like poetic, right? Do you know mm. when the last time they lost the Champions League final was? Hint: Both of us weren't born yet. Okay, I was gonna guess somewhere in the late '90s, so I assume it was like 1978 or something. Very close. Yeah. 1981. Okay. Do you know who they lost to? Ajax. I don't know. Let's think of some old powers. Liverpool. Oh wow! How old is who, that? Who was that man? Was that like the Ian Rush days? I don't know. That's like deep. Like Kevin Keegan probably. Yeah. That was my dad's favorite player growing up. Oh. That's that's the only reason why I knew his name. But like, yo. How crazy is that, dude? I didn't know that. When I was gathering notes for this, I didn't know that they mm-hmm. last, basically, our entire lifetime, Ramadre goes to the final. They win it. Because they've had some close ones with Atletico multiple times. Yeah, I'll never forget yeah. Zidane, Bayer oh, Leverkusen. Yeah. Just like. That really one is the one of the greatest goals. Yeah, by far. Like, especially in a final. Yeah. Like, like Mandzukic hit a crazy Pele kick against Madrid in 2017 final. But that doesn't come close to like what Zidane did. But that was like memorable because when we think of Champions League final goals, let's not forget Gareth Bale not too long ago. Yeah. Who man, I would love for him to play, but like so he's out of contract and he's definitely not returning Madrid. He's just had a bad falling out of the club. But if he could just somehow come on one last time, oh what a moment that would be! Because it's like Madrid. Part of the reason why they're in kind of in flux is just their big investments have not panned out. Bale's kind of teared off and. Eden Hazard, what a disappointment that's been. Unfortunately, injuries have completely derailed his career. Yeah, man. He um, the wear and tear with Chelsea, because mm-hmm. I remember at the time, like that run with, that he had with Chelsea. I remember reading something about him and Bale. Um, Bale was the falling out, but with Hazard, I think he played like the most minutes mm-hmm. of any player in the world during that like four year stretch he was with Chelsea. With Chelsea yeah. Um, well, there was a four-year stretch with yeah. Chelsea. Because uh, so, Bale's not done. That's the funny thing. It's like Wales might make the World Cup. They're gonna, dude. Yeah. I'm I'm monitoring that yeah, very they're, closely. They're, their first game might be against USA. That's the. It, yeah. It's between the Ukraine, Wales, and Scotland. Yeah. That's gonna be the fourth team for Team USA, right. Iran, and England. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll so, be watching yeah, that so, very carefully. So that's, to what, see. that's why I was telling people like Bale's not done, it's just Madrid. But like mm. if you watch Wales, like he is still the focal point and. Who knows? Maybe it'll pop up, but I think Madrid has plenty of other options. So this is the third time they meet in the final. Mm-hmm. Liverpool in 1981 beat them 1-0, 3-1 in 2018. And then they've also met the three other times, round the 16s, group stages, and then quarterfinals too. So they've played, they've met six times, yeah. but they've played more games because of the home and away. What do you think happens in this game? Like what are your what's your prediction? What's your thoughts? Are the other stars gonna show up? Are we gonna get PKs? Because I kind of think we see extra time here, man. Oh man, I don't think Liverpool after the two cups. I don't think Liverpool wants anything to do with PKs. It's hard to win th- two penalty shootouts, let alone three. Yeah, especially being ch- Chelsea twice. Uh, I'm still waiting on like what because no one quite knows what Liverpool star eleven is gonna be because you have Fabinho who. Hopefully, we'll be back for them. But then Thiago's a major doubt. Then Dyke's just coming back from injury. So, we're talking about three super influential players. And and right down the middle of the field, too. Yeah. Like, that's like the heart right there. Because to me, Liverpool, they're like the most loaded team in the world. Like, to me, Liverpool has about eight players that you could say are at the top of their position between Allison, Trent Alexander Arnold, Andy Robertson, Virgil van Dyke, Fabinho, Thiago, and then you have Salah and Mane. Like, they only yeah. have three positions where it's just like, they either have players coming up or positions that could be upgraded. So, but the fact is, they have three doubts. Even though I do think I'm gonna say Van Dyke and Fabinho will play. I don't think Thiago will play because he got hurt Sunday, and it's a uh, I think something with I think it was his groin, and that could mm. be a, that could be a bit of issue. And he, let's not forget he's older midfielder. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think the game with Liverpool is like you know that those first 15, 20 minutes, Klopp style, they're gonna be pressing, they're gonna be high intensity, just. They're going to be straight up in Madrid's face because you don't want Madrid with that midfield to control the ball. Because that, if you want to break it down, if Madrid has any advantage over them, it's in the midfield. Besides that, I think Liverpool hasn't beaten everywhere, every other category. So I think how Madrid survives that first 20-minute just rush at Gergen Press is going to be huge. Yeah, there's, uh, I think it's Casemiro, mm-hmm. Modric, Kraus. And Benzema are the only guys that played in the final a couple of years ago. That I, might be in the eleven. Not Carvajal. Not mm. sure if he was there. Is he going to be starting though? Yeah, he would start the he right back. Be? Yeah, and like 
Courtois wasn't there yet. I'm trying to remember when Courtois was there. I think he was still with Chelsea. Still with Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, it might have been Navas. People forget about Navas. Yeah, Navas yeah, yeah, was there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating because uh, you know the thing with Real Madrid is like even if they fall down two zero to them, it's like ah, they're comfortable I here. Mean, yeah, it's it's happened before, and when you have to me the most lethal number nine in the world right now, mm-hmm. anything's possible because Liverpool will concede chances. Now it's just a matter of you know capitalizing on them. Dude, how weird has his career been, Benzema? <sighs> right, think about He's it. He's been at the top for so long, yet it doesn't feel like it. He's been at the top for so long, but then he had the whole blackmail sex tape scandal yeah. that it was with uh, Valbuena. Yeah. Gets kicked off the national team. And yeah, you had Mbappe coming up, but that guy definitely could have played in that 11, especially when you look at, you know, he's starting and scoring for mm-hmm. Real Madrid. Yeah. And then there was the knock on him. Well, how much of it is Ronaldo setting mm-hmm. him up and all that? And then I love Cristiano. He said something really interesting one time. He was like, look, he set me up on a lot of goals, too. It wasn't just yeah. one way. He's very unselfish. What they call him? The BBC, Benzema, yeah. Bale, and Cristiano yeah. for like that two-year run. They were scoring a shitload of goals. Mm-hmm. And it was really dope because at the time, you also had Suarez, Neymar, and Messi. So, like, those games that, are always That was just, peak La Liga. That was yeah. peak La Liga yeah, yeah. for sure. But with this game, man, I think, you know... I'm going to side with Liverpool. They are the favorite in it. Mm-hmm. I do think we see extra time, though. I'm The last couple of Champions League finals have been low scoring, right? Spurs-Liverpool was 2-0. The PSG one with Bayern was 1-0. Last year was 1-0. Teams play really tight, but with the press from Liverpool, especially if they could get like an early goal, mm-hmm. things are going to open up. I see like a 1-1, 2-2, and then you go into extra time. I know Liverpool won't want that. Mm-hmm especially with the injuries and all, all, all the minutes that those guys have played. But, I don't know, there's something about Real Madrid where when they have adversity, they just continue to just play their game and play their style. My big concern about Madrid, though, is they're very leaky in the back. Like, the, that, yeah. that Man City game, they allow a lot of chances. And they got punished for it. To me, if Liverpool's on a game, they have some of the most deadliest finishers in the world. We know how good Salah is. We know how is. Whether it's Diaz or Jota, both of them will deliver most likely like Jota's more of a pure goal scorer but he's always lurking the box while mm. Diaz is just this electrifying force where he will just dribble at you he'll create chances so they have those options and let's not forget about Firmino who could always contribute so that's what I'm concerned about because Madrid I, I think I like Militao Alaba I never care for him as a center back at these better the left back or in the yeah. midfield like I think Alaba as center back is weird like so I'm pretty concerned about Madrid, even though when Quotos on his game, I think he's the best goal in the world. When he's on his game, he's a little consistent, but I think no one commands a box better than Quotos. So I think that's like the one thing they have going for them. But that's what I'm most concerned about with Madrid. It's just they allow a lot of chances, and now you're facing a team that is about as clinical as it gets. Yeah, they they do give up a lot of chances, man. Because I remember when Man City played Real Madrid, the first leg in England, they should have been up like four or five goals the right. first half. You're talking about like high quality chances. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Courtois made some good saves, but still just the amount of just high level opportunities that you expect the guys that Man City has also to put them in the back of the net. Yeah. I remember my pop saying, yo, they're going to be in trouble going back to Madrid. Like right. you don't want to give a team like that life. Mm-hmm. You got to really just like destroy them and right. put them away. I mean, what they did in uh, the return match mm-hmm. in Real Madrid. I remember playing Xbox with the guys during the day and they scored, what was it, like the 89th minute? Yeah. And then, you know, I'm playing Warzone. I look over and they're celebrating. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. I was like, yo, I'm getting off. I got to watch yeah. the rest of this. It was just yeah. unbelievable, dude. Yeah, That's another question. Will they go with Rodrigo, which could be a bit of a risk because they're going to go to him or Valverde. Valverde is one of the up-and-coming stars, but he's more of a central midfielder, but they play him as a right winger because... He gives them a lot for uh, work rate, and he pressures a lot when it comes to you know doing the defensive duties while also being like that pit bull that could combine the midfield. I think they might do that just because Liverpool's fullbacks are as about as prolific as it gets. They push up, they send high quality crosses, and that's another thing. Like Vinicius, better be ready to track back because Alexander Arnold is about as lethal as it gets. Like yeah. he gets up there and he sends wicked balls in there so i think that could if you want to look at an actual individual matchup that's the one right there vinicius and alexander arnold because you know the knock on alexander arnold used to be not great defensively can get by off the ball a little bit but he's matured physically he's now 23 dude Trent alexander arnold was literally in a champions league final playing Madrid when he was like 19 yeah so he's for 23 year old 
he might be the most battle-tested player ever. Like he's been so many fouls already, and he takes free kicks. Like he's just he's one of the more enjoyable right backs you'll ever watch. So I think his that matchup right there, especially if they get in the one on one v one situation, is one to watch for. Yeah, that's how I feel about Mbappe too. Like Mbappe's only twenty three, and I feel like he's he's done it all, but winning Champions League. Yeah, that's that's the thing with Mbappe <laughs> though. It's like he he hasn't like this Alexander Arnold's third. Right, Champions League nah, final, yeah, yeah, for sure, and and he's you know he's had success too, yeah. like with England going. Mm. I mean Mbappe too with the right. World Cup, but if you have to pick someone that you think scores a goal, we got some degenerates out there, myself included. Who who do you think scores a goal in this game? Someone that you could catch off guard. Um, or not, it could even be like I, I I think I think Salah and Benzema score a goal. Okay, I think this type of game for Mane. Mane is about he whether it's off a header or he just makes a run the box like Mane is very clever with his runs like he knows that beat offside traps perfectly so I could see him going there but if I could give uh outsider um I'm not 100% sure if he starts but if he does uh Ibrahim Kamnate is it's either gonna be him or Joel Matip at center back alongside Van Dyke Kamnate has scored about four goals in the past month off corners and he is just this massive young French center back shocking france has another star coming yeah, up. yeah they have about 15 coming up always but uh he came from leipzig this past summer and he's just a colossal human being and he's just dangerous on set pieces and i think he's someone to watch for if you want to think of a someone on a set piece he, he's gone hmm. yeah I like because it. i because one thing these midfields don't really score like Liverpool, they don't know yeah like as great as madrid's midfield is they're like the facilitators and liverpool's midfielders are more about work rate and passing like neither of these teams you know, they'll they let one go though from like 30 out if if you know they don't look for it but there was that one game against i think Villarreal where tiago hit that, that oh like yeah that was close post. Right. but there was no one was pressing him he was looking to pass yeah, like, yeah. i have all this space i'm gonna let it rip yeah, yeah. but but both these teams their midfields they have some creative elements obviously but they're not the most you know playmaking direct goal scoring threats you know these teams there are based on their front three and their fullbacks going up yeah who lifts the cup and how uh, Liverpool. I think Liverpool, not convincingly because I'm a little concerned about their midfield, but I do think Liverpool is the better team, and I just trust them to score more goals, and they just have more solidity in the back. Like Van, Van Dyke just makes such a huge mm-hmm. difference. He's just that calming presence. He's always positionally sound. And, hell, we were talking about matchups, him and Benzema, but I don't think Benzema's seen a center back like him yet. So that's going to be a real fun matchup. But I just think Liverpool is just too talented at this point, and you know, Madrid's been playing with fire, and it's something that I think they're in overheads this one. It feels so weird to not pick Real Madrid in a game like this. I know Liverpool was just, you know, they've been in Champions League finals too the last couple of years. So this isn't like new territory for them. But, man, you know, being 13 and, and 3 in Champions League finals is so wild. I think in regulation it ends as a draw. And then I think Liverpool wins it and stop in extra time. I think Liverpool ends up winning the cup. Could see a Firmino goal. Maybe Divock Origi shows up his final game. Big Dick Divock, as <laughs> Liverpool fan calls him. It's gonna be fun, man. I'm really excited for this game. I, I always usually watch this with my pops too, but uh, him and my mom are going away this weekend, and then I'm gonna be away too. But I'm definitely gonna be tuning into that one. That's a oh, good it, banger. It, it's it's like the perfect sports weekend between this and you got NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. Like, man, game six of Rangers, you know, as New Yorkers, people like New York's gonna be shut down. Like, well, you mentioned NHL and NBA playoffs. At the time we're recording right now, outside, I can see the reflection off the whiteboard. The Rangers are down 2 1 in the second period to Carolina. That's game five, but we're guaranteed a game six on Saturday, mm-hmm. which will add to the Champions League yeah. stuff. And like you said, as New Yorkers, everyone gets behind the Rangers this time of year. People have been bitching and moaning about the NBA playoffs being rather lackluster. Kind of blowouts left and right. Mm-hmm. Teams are up 25 the majority of the game. And even that game that Boston came back, I believe it was game three, they were down 25. And then they mm-hmm. cut it to one. And then they end up losing by seven or eight points. Yeah. What do you make of that? What is it? What do you? How do you feel about the NBA playoffs just as a whole? What do you make of the blowouts? Do you have an answer? Oh, I don't think anyone has a conclusive answer, but I, I do think if you want to look specifically at that Miami-Boston series, both teams have had to deal with injuries, mm-hmm. particularly Miami. Yeah. It's losing Butler, Hero. Um, Larry now. La- yeah. I don't think Larry should be playing. He just he looks, shouldn't be. He looks completely just 
I'm not gonna not gonna say damaged goods, but it's just you could tell he is nowhere near 100. Like a lot of his shots hit the front rim. It's just he's not himself. So I do think injuries play a factor, and just I do you know, you gotta give cards a good defense on both these teams. I think we're what top three. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what the analytics say, but I I know like whether it's field goal percentage or points allowed. Like we kind of know what both defenses placed out. I mean, both teams play stout defense. Like, Boston was number one. I think Miami's top three. And both teams kind of have that culture. We talk about heat culture. But Boston, I feel like, is a very physical team. And you look at it, they got the defensive player year, Marcus Smart, and mm. Robert Williams, such a big difference maker. So, I think I'm not totally surprised that would be slow scoring. It's just a matter of, oh, man, like, why can't we get a competitive game? Yeah, it's weird, man. It's weird. Do you – I feel like that all has to do with the three-point shot. Like, if you look at any game that's a 20-point blowout, it's sort of directly like, kind of correlates to how well the team did at three. Mm-hmm. If a team shoots, like, 15 of 40, right, they shoot, like, what would that be, like, over 40%. Mm-hmm. And then the other team, like, the game, the... Game seven between Boston-Milwaukee. Yeah. Grant Milwaukee, Williams won berserk. Well, yeah. Mo, yeah. He he made more threes than all of Milwaukee did. Yeah. Milwaukee was like four of 31 or 33. Uh-huh. It's like, you're not you're not going to win with that. Uh-huh. That's why the NBA is in a fascinating spot, I feel like. And, and I've kind of been talking about this for the last couple of years. But I think now it's spotlighted even more because we're getting more and more threes every game. And every mm-hmm. year you're getting more and more threes. And it all started with Golden State, right? It was easy for everyone to say, well, you know, let's just go out there and shoot. 40 53s. Eh, well, not so fast. You don't got the greatest two shooters on the same team ever. Right. All right. So it's easier f- f- said than done to just say, yo, I want to go out there and shoot 53s as a, as a team or 43s. Mm-hmm. But you got Curry and Clay. So that's why for Golden State, it looks so promising mm-hmm. every time they did it. But if you look at all the games in the playoffs the last couple of years, if you just look at the box score of three pointers made from both teams, the the range of outcomes are just so wild. Like one team has made eight, the other one has made eighteen. And before you know it, that's yeah. the difference. That's thirty point swing mm-hmm. right there. That's what I think it comes down to: the blowouts in mm-hmm. the NBA playoffs that you've seen. And it, it, don't look too far. The other series is the same shit. Even though I don't think we didn't have super high expectations. For we it. didn't. Yeah. No, you're right. It was Luca, Luca versus a team. Yeah, kind of how it was built. But Boy, then you Phoenix have blew that. Yeah. Damn, Phoenix, man. Yeah. There was another one in, in that game seven. It was the oh. same shit. Dallas got hot. But you look at Kleber and uh, and Reggie Bullock in that game game three, they hit no threes combined. Yeah. What's the what's the term they use? Uh, something cardio. Oh, it's a funny quote people use. Oh, like you get like empty cardio? Yeah. Or, like he, he, you he, have like donuts on your stat sheet, but you have, but you play like 32 minutes. Yeah, it's like minutes. he got cardio in. Like yeah, he, yeah. it was a cardio session. It yeah. was a workout for him. Like That's how you usually, play 32 minutes and not hit a shot. Yeah. There was a famous Solomon Hill game. Solomon Hill was playing on the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. And I remember it so vividly because it was the NBA DFS DraftKings World Championship. It was like a $2 million prize the first oh. place. So only like 100 people in the contest. And that night, Solomon Hill put up, I think, like 38 DraftKings points. So he maybe had like 15 points, a couple blocks, steals, mm-hmm. whatever. The reason why I bring that up is because he was a super cheap guy that you just threw in your roster. Mm-hmm. The very next game, played like 38 minutes, zeros the entire box. Like zero steals, zero field goals made, zero points. That's that Tony Snell style. <laughs> yeah, and it was like... It became like a thing, yeah. right? And that's what you had with Kleber and with Reggie Bullock. Yeah. Like Luca, for as great as he is, he can't do it on his own. Right? They know it's a long-term project over there. Well, yeah. you gotta try to keep them happy too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think they'll make a splash eventually. It's just you. I think they kind of eat the Porzingis disappointment. At least Brunson's developing. Although mm-hmm. we'll see with free agency, Dinwiddie, he has his first but it's just that you look at that Dallas roster it's like how are they here but cred to him cred to Jason Kidd yeah yeah he's definitely helped them a lot he also helped Giannis in Milwaukee like people forget that he was the coach there transitioned Giannis into being a point guard he's like yo I know you're 6'10 but you're our best ball handler Mm -hmm. it's a mismatch every night Mm -hmm. if you could be the guy bringing the ball up and then you saw Giannis really evolve I think Miami has to be a huge disappointment though right now (laughs) Yeah, you dropped two games at home already. That's a bad look for you. You came out flat in game five. 
which is a swing game. I yeah. think it's like 83% of game five winners in a 2-2 series mm-hmm. end up, or 81. I know it's over 80, yeah. end up winning the series too. It's going to be in Boston for game six. I think the series is done for them. Yeah. Because also, like you said in the beginning, right? Lowry shouldn't be playing. Tyler Hero, he's questionable, but he's not 100%. Butler's been banged up. Mm-hmm. Bam is the only guy that is healthy right now. But even him with, yeah. with Williams coming back in and... I feel like the unsung hero, not even unsung because he's getting his flowers in this playoffs. I really think the best player for the Celtics this entire playoff run, and this is going to be super hot takey, is Al Horford. Horford I mean, has he, just been so amazing. He fills for up them. the stat sheet. Yeah. He's the ultra playmaker. Yeah. And, and, you know, he does the, it's the classic cliche NBA bar of he does a lot of things that don't appear on the mm-hmm. box, on um, the box score. Mm-hmm. But, Obviously, it's Tatum, and Brown has been amazing, too. But Smart has moments. When Horford has been out the lineup or when he's not on the floor, it's mm-hmm. so visually you could just tell the differences right. between the team. So I'm hoping Celtics-Warriors. I mean, that's the favor right now to be the finals. I think those two teams match up really well. That would be a funner NBA finals. Yeah, I think that has to be a classic. Like, I think that matchup's too good for it to be – Resulting in like so many one side games. Because I really thought Miami Boston was going to be seven games and it was just gonna be like, oh, so many nail biters. And just boom. well, you still could potentially get seven. I know, but, but a series in general, like no one's going to look back on this series in a positive right, right. light. It's not a classic series because yeah. four of the five games have been decided by double digits. Right. And there's been, I think in every game, there's been like a 25 point lead for every single team. <laughs> it's just so weird. But that's why that, that three point conversation is so fascinating because it's a gift and a curse, right? Mm-hmm. Because if your team is down 20 points in the second quarter, you're not exactly out of the game right. nowadays. You go on a 12-0 run. Before you know it, it's down to eight or nine points. Mm-hmm. And you can make it more of a game. That's why you see a lot of leads get blown, right. too, because the team can get hot. You know, mm-hmm. random J.R. Smith guy comes yeah. in and hits three threes, and then the crowd erupts and right. shit. And before you know it, you're down single digits. Right. The defensive intensity drops. Although, if you want to buy great series when it comes to the finals like seeing how boston and their premier defense handles golden state with their shooters mm. that's probably the most compelling matchup of it yeah yeah what would you make of a boston golden state series if that was to happen i think it's the best thing possible like how can you not love it just both teams with their array of scores like i love like even though they have their unique big men like horford and draymond green you know horford's not that great of a defender like draymond but both of them are like those playmaking big men but i think the guard play in that, or just a swingman in general. Yeah. yeah. I think that's where the series will probably be decided. But also from like a historical standpoint, it'd be cool because Boston is such a you know, big fan base, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of the iconic franchises in the NBA. And you got the Golden State Warriors who are an iconic franchise of like the 2010s and mm-hmm. 2020s now. I, I would be pumped for that. Yeah. I, that's favorite to go down. Um, I feel like it's long overdue for Golden State. Like I know people got sick of them. At one point, but still, it's like you watch them play basketball at their peak. It's hard to not enjoy them. Like people, people got so salty with the Kevin Durant mm-hmm. stuff that they forgot that they became the the dynasty that people love to root for too. Mm-hmm. Like people love those, you know. Even that last year with Mark Jackson, they they were on the radar, and then the year after Curry wins MVP, and then the year after that they play LeBron in the finals and. There was a team that was enjoyable. People really liked them. And then, you know, Kevin Durant goes there, and then they become, like, the NWO. A couple of Draymond incidents. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Curry, people feel like he became arrogant, but he was so successful and he was so dominant. We never saw a guy like him in the league. I think Golden State overall, though, is a team that people could get behind, though. You got you got a lot of guys that are like fan favorites too. Like Clay Thompson's probably yeah, who doesn't love Clay. Thompson? Everyone loves Clay. Jordan Poole was in the G League last year, and now he's playing big business for them too. And it's fascinating, man. I'm yeah. excited for that. I yeah. think that's ultimately what happens. Because yeah. I think those two teams you could trust, even if they have a couple of uh, scoring droughts, it's not going to be like Miami. Like, like my, some of the droughts Miami's been on in the series, it's just it's painful at times. And it's just like, damn, this is really the number one seed. I just think Boston Gold State have too many playmakers where they would struggle to a point where it's like they might not crack 75 tonight. Like, they're just too good. Um, I think that would salvage an otherwise pretty disappointing because I don't know. I came to the playoffs with high expectations, and yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to say those expectations have been met. Nah, for sure. Yeah. Like those two game sevens between Dallas and Phoenix, and then Boston Milwaukee. That was like the first troubling sounds. Like, oh man, I need where's where's the drama? Like this is the playoffs. 
Uh, you want to talk a little NFL before we wrap this up? Um, Is there anything in the NFL you'd like to talk about? I mean, Slutes at Raiders. Hopefully, they give Kaepernick a contract if it's worth it. Yeah, apparently, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, I spoke to some people that were there because, you know, it's in Vegas yeah. and a lot of uh, Raiders beat writers and whatnot. They Apparently, the Raiders were impressed with Cap and they're leaving the door open. They might even work him out again. Because I think the only notable backup on team might be just Nick Mullins and... It's like it's Nick Mullins. Yeah. Yeah. So they really don't have a backup behind Carr. So why not? I think it's just positive to see like the fact that this is his first legitimate tryout since 2017. It's just it's mind boggling. But at least one team's taking a proactive approach. Although ironically, it comes the same week as John Gruden's trial, which I, I kind of ironic how those two things co-line. But besides that, it's kind of a dead period. Yeah. yeah. What what do you think happens with Baker and the Browns? Isn't that one of the weirdest handled situations? Yeah, at some point the Browns got to stop playing hardball. Like I think the Browns just have to. They made this. They made this move for Watson. Now you got to eat it. Yeah. You want a quarterback upper? You got it now. And just deal with the consequences. Yeah. I think they've done. I think both sides have done a poor job of just handling this whole situation. Like no one's coming. No one's looking good in this situation. Yeah. The fact that you can't find a trade partner though, because it really shouldn't be difficult to find a trade partner, whether it's a Seattle, Carolina, or maybe Tampa Bay long term might be interested as like a reclamation project. Like to me, it's like as as frustrating and problematic as Baker Mayfield has been over the past few years. You can't tell me he can't go to a team and at least have some type of role there, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, competing for a starting job or potentially competing for a starting job in 2023 say Brady retires like I think that those are realistic positions but same time I think he's definitely damaged his stock with his antics and you know I don't think that podcast appearance did him any favors yeah no that was that was pretty rough yeah Yeah, it's weird how that that whole situation has been handled with Baker like they want to get something from him uh for him Mm -hmm. they don't want to just release him I don't know how you could turn back to him though like if they if they came out like if I was Baker honestly if I was Baker and they came out and they were like yo Watson's gonna be suspended for the year I'd be like I'm not playing for you. But what but what what leverage does he have? Because if he doesn't show up to train camp, those those fines are gonna come in heavy. Hmm. Good point. I didn't think about that. And, and he's not make he's not getting those commercials anymore. Yeah. So you know he he could he could try to. Uh, you know, have this integrity where it's like you turn your back me, I'm not gonna play for you, but eventually you're gonna have to look at the logistics of it and be like, I'm gonna take all these fines. So and look, they still got time. I think they could eventually do business with somebody. I just think they better hope it's the or Seattle Carolina because or maybe Tampa Bay because the it's just a lot of teams aren't gonna be interested because they're not gonna take them on as a backup. And if you are taking them on as backup, it's only because you know, your quarterback might retire in a year or two because it's just a guy like him as a backup, and I don't think his with his ego. I just you can't expect him to be a long term backup at this mm. point. I think he still has a lot to prove, and it's just a matter of fit. Yeah, yeah. man. The last thing I want to talk to you about because uh, I think it was either with you or with Impy. I was making the joke of like, "Yo, what's good with Michael Thomas?" Oh, and uh, apparently, he's his ankle's still not ready yet. Um, they're expecting him to be ready for training camp, but. Man, talk about like a wacky career, dude. The last two years for him have been really like just weird. They need to change the scenery, but ultimately, right now he needs to get healthy. He needs yeah. just to be back on a football field and being productive because it's been quite some time since then. Uh, but I don't think he's in the best scenario. He's with a quarterback that doesn't ch- fit chuck it downfield. Quarterback that when it comes to throwing in the short intermediate areas. When he does, he tends to throw a needle and throws into heavy, heavy traffic. So I, I just think him and James, like it's, it's crazy. Like I just, as much as I respect the Saints organization, all the success they have, I don't know what type of offense they're building. You have this guy with a can arm that wants to play fearless and push the ball downfield, and you have two of the biggest possession receivers you could have in Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. So. I don't know what to expect from Michael Thomas, but he just needs he just needs to be on the field at this point. He it just needs to get back to being productive, and whether that leads to a big contract elsewhere or maybe him and Winston struggle with rapport, who knows? But it's just it, he need 
after all that talk, he needs to kind of back it up. But you know, first things first, his health has to be right. The reason why I say weird is because he comes into the league in 2016. He plays in 15 games, 92 catches, nine touchdowns, 1,100 yards. The year after, plays in 14 games. Pl- sorry, plays in 16 games, starts 14. He gets 104 catches, 1245, five touchdowns. 2018, 125 catches, led the league. 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns. And then the year after that, 185 targets, 149 catches when he broke the record. This is peak, yeah. 17, 25, nine touchdowns. Since targets were first available in 1992, has the best catch percentage in a 1,500-yard receiving season. It was a running joke of slant boy. Even other wide receivers, even Mike Mike Evans, I think, might have mm-hmm. said something about, yeah, I would be able to catch that many passes if I got that many targets. Also, I was thinking of future Hall of Famer. Right, right. And the and offense was genius. catered to yeah. what Drew Brees did well, which yeah. was like that West Coast slant and right. underneath stuff. Yeah. But the reason why I say weird is because he was so durable those first four years. Mm-hmm. And then he gets that contract, like the $100 million contract. I don't know how much of it was guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And then that's when, like, the fuckery kind of starts with him. I know he had a hamstring issue in 2020. Yeah, he got. He only played in seven games. He had 50, uh, 40 catches, scored no touchdowns. Yeah. But even prior to that, there was some, like, bickering. And there was mm-hmm. some issues with, like, the... Medical team. Yeah. Yeah, he, he wanted to go to his own doctors. He wanted to see if he... Like, he took their advice when it came to getting surgery, but then he delayed the surgery, like, three months. So uh, there was, I guess, internal tension. But the fact that they were on the same page because Sean Payton usually has that locker room pretty unified, and it seemed like things went a bit awry there. Like, it just seemed like they weren't on the same page. And for an organization that built such a strong culture, it was really surprising just to see that kind of fall apart because, you know, Michael Thomas is one of their face of the franchise. Like, like how can he not... How can you not be on the same page with one of your star players, someone you just gave all that guaranteed money to? Yeah. So. And yo, you know what? I feel like a lot of the moves that they've made might be. They're mysterious. Like, uh, that's yeah, the but also, for. what's the word I'm looking for? Like insu- like Michael Thomas insurance. Like you draft Olave in the first round. You sign Jarvis Landry. You got Trey Quan Smith, who they like. Mm-hmm. You got Callaway last year, who was everyone's like fantasy darling, mm-hmm. and. Like they have some wide receivers out there that can fill his shoes, or I mean, it's I, weird to say that because we haven't seen him in two years, right? Mm-hmm. Like obviously, like the prime Michael Thomas, yeah. he's only twenty nine years old. He just turned twenty nine years old, but I just feel like the moves that they've made this off season, maybe they do let him go if this continues. Like if he's not ready for camp, or the, there's still like these just issues going on with them. Mm-hmm. Then again, what team's going to take him if they don't know what they're going to see on the field? So I do think he'll play in the NFC's in New Orleans, but you know, what's his chemistry going to be like Winston? Like, what's the long term future of Winston? You know, mm. What? What? Because to me, the Saints are a total mystery. Like, we don't know what to expect from between new coaches. Well, not new coaches that, but new head coach and Dennis Allen. Uh, just you know, this is an offense that had no receivers last year. Now they have some fascinating pieces, but then they also total change on the offensive line. It's just no one really knows to make this offense. It looks like they're finally moving away from Taysom Hill, so they're gonna run like a real professional offense, not the, you know, you got these uh, direct snaps to uh, running back slash tight end slash special teams. No, nah, use like, them the yeah. way you did when you had Breeze. Have them come in. I don't for... think that's gonna. I don't think they're gonna do that anymore. No, no, I think. Well, Sean Payton's that, Yeah, I think. Too. I think that that's completely faded. Yeah. So I think now the Saints are gonna run like a standard offense. That should hopefully benefit Thomas, but. We'll see. This is his first year without really breezing Peyton. Yeah. So, like, you, you know, any receiver, like we've seen receivers years ago, your Robert Meacham's, your Devery Hendersons, they made careers. Lance Moore, like they had career years and never replicated that production when they went elsewhere when they were playing with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Even someone like Jimmy Graham as well. Yeah. Like people forget how powerful that quarterback head coaching duo was. No, I mean, yeah, that's an iconic duo, dude. Like, offensively, and then just how dominant they used to be at home. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to play them right. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it's just weird, man. Like, Michael Thomas, look, he never did it for me. I always, you know, would make fun of him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, slants. All, mm-hmm. Like, I remember I watched 
There was a compilation on YouTube. Not that kind of compilation, mm-hmm. Alan. So your eyes pucker up over there. Did not pucker up. <laughs> but I remember watching it. It was like a 19-minute video. Mm-hmm. And, dude, like 120 of those passes were 10 yards. Mm-hmm. Within the line of scrimmage and 10 yards. It's mm-hmm. all underneath stuff. And, yeah, you still got to catch the ball and whatnot. But mm-hmm. that's not that kind of wide receiver that I like. Yeah, I feel like he's very limited. Yeah, he's pretty much a possession guy. But he's a big body, has great hands. He can run precise routes mm. but he's just not someone that's going to stretch the field unless it's like a play action play where you know they capitalize on an opening or you know they they uh structure where he could get open like you know scheme him open i should say but if you're relying on michael thomas one-on-one you know he's not burning anybody um i think against the premier corners like he's not creating a ton of separation it's just a matter of let him eat across the short near me parts of the field and i do think he could be dangerous after catch because he's got that big body but you got to utilize him like he's kind of like a bigger version of Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Just not as versatile because, you know, say what you want about Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry can block, and you never know. He's kind of built like Michael Thomas. Yeah. Not not built physically, but his his, his like game. route tree and his yeah. game is very similar. But I would say Jarvis Landry, though, you can use him end around sweeps. Like, he's yeah. someone that he, he's he a bit of a more dynamic weapon, even though as he's gotten older, I'm not sure. Like, he just doesn't quite have that speed anymore. But I don't know, Saints – they're always they're always interesting to watch like no matter how you feel about them because obviously you know rivalry and all that but like the saints are always interesting and just based off this offseason i think they're just desperately trying to stay relevant or Mm -hmm. at least in contention because i just don't think the saints know how to say we need to rebuild i think the saints are just like no we're going to be competitive and if that means signing jarvis Landry and tyron matthew we're going to do it word yeah yeah tyron matthew just went there too yeah he goes back home to Louisiana. Mm-hmm. He was born and raised, plays for LSU too, played at LSU. Jarvis also, wow, just connected that. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. All right, man. That was it for today. I'm excited for this weekend. You doing anything this weekend? Uh, definitely going to Liverpool Bar. I've been making a lot of visits, visits there this past two yeah. months. The quadruple run has had me all hyped up in there. So, yeah, uh, that and... Uh, definitely watching some... But it's NBA NHL Plus. So it's, it's weird because I don't know anything about hockey, but... I think hockey is a sport where I don't care if you know nothing about it, it's impossible not to be intrigued by it. Because I just think it's such a fascinating sport and the intensity of it, it's just going to get you excited. So regardless if you're a hockey fan or not, I think the playoffs are something that is always going to have you on the edge. Like, you got to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, it's been dope, man. It's been dope. And I, I can't front. Betting on it has been really fun. I just follow what the guys tell me. Like, boss loves hockey. Yeah. Ralph, Espo, Dylan, Dylan of yeah. course. He's been on many times. And even Dom. Shout to Dom, who uh, he does some of the editing for VM. He'll be like, yo, you know, I like the over or the under. And I'm like, all right, you know. If it's someone's opinion I respect and they know the sport and they give me mm. some tips, yeah. why not? I mean, you got to get into action now because after mid-June mid to mid-August, you're going to be hurting a bit. Yeah, It's just going to be MMA for you. Yeah, MMA. I don't, th- I don't think you're on the baseball round. No, 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 no. I did a, I did like a fan duel boost. It was like the Dodgers and the Yankees to win a couple of nights ago, mm-hmm. and the Yankees went into over uh, overtime, into extra Actually. innings with the Orioles. I oh, said the uh, worst team, right? Yeah, yeah, and they ended up winning, so that boost hit. But then when I sent it to to the guys, they're like, "Of course, you bet on baseball." And then the Yankees had to give us a heart attack, which was hilarious. I don't know how people bet on baseball, just given all the games and the unpredictability of it. Listen, I think it's the hardest sport to bet on because of the large sample size of games. You have 162 games. Mm-hmm. You have how many back to back? games right yeah. sometimes you have double headers uh-huh. there was a couple of games ago where garrett cole was like a minus 300 favorite he lost mm-hmm. a couple of years back the marlins were like the worst team in baseball clayton kershaw was minus 430 money line in baseball i'm like yo just off principle i would have taken the marlins the marlins end up winning but it's like i'm never laying minus 400 in a baseball game that's just out of control so if there's like an ace on the mound it's gonna go yeah, like favorites. when you have your yeah, yeah. You, you have your one or two starter, it's gonna be more favorable, you know. Mm-hmm. And but still, like anything can happen, dude. Mm-hmm. There's been times where like a Degrom or a Scherzer or a Kershaw will get pulled after three innings. It's just not their night, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's weird. Like with baseball, I try to tell people like I don't bet on baseball at all. But if I was, and the thing that I know from like talking to professional betters is it's easier to handicap an entire series than it is like a Tuesday night in DC if you're the Phillies. Yeah. So take the 
the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday four-game series and take the Nationals to win it, for example, as opposed to take the Nationals one night, the next night. You know what I mean? It's nah. just easier for you to, to handicap that. That's your strategy. That's the strategy, yeah, man. And then September comes and you can forget about because football's back. Oh, dude. I'm going to blow so much money this fall and winter. Hopefully, I can win some money too, but you got the NFL. I mean, you're not bang on England, so it's positive. <sighs> Am I not? <laughs> I mean, you can't go against your boys. You're going to have NFL. You're going to have the World Cup. Those days are going to be long and fucking crazy. I can't wait, though. We'll talk about that soon. Alan, you're the man. Where can they find you? Uh, Alan Sturk, A-L-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find everything for the show. At Nick Dayas 10 is where you're going to find me. Chances are there's not going to be an episode on Monday because it's Memorial Day. So hopefully you guys all enjoy yourselves this weekend. Yeah, Stay enjoy safe. yourself. Have have some fun. Watch some games. Do some betting. Eat some burgers. I say barbecue, man. Barbecue, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we'll have an NBA Finals. Might be a three-pod week next week, so stay tuned to that. And we'll catch you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.